Hey, I'm Neville, and I run a company called Copywriting Course. And every week, we send out a weekly newsletter on Fridays called The Stupid Email. It means swipe, thought, uplifting, picture, interesting, and drawing. And it's an email with five sections, and it looks like this. Every week, this email goes out, and it keeps our subscribers engaged, and we even occasionally sell products through it. So here's some stats for it. So 50,000 people have opted in. 28 to 32% open rates every week, which is pretty good industry-wide, uh, 600 to 3,000 clicks per email, and it takes about 30 minutes to two hours to create it every week. And I'm gonna show you how I make this weekly newsletter every week using an email sending service called ConvertKit. So whether you're The Hustle, The Skim, or AppSumo, this is how you will create and send a newsletter, whether you choose to send it daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. And here's the whole process in a nutshell. So step one is to collect and create. So all week you look for cool stuff to send in your newsletter, that's it. Step two is you compile the newsletter. So you just basically compile all those different things you found and I just put them into ConvertKit. Step three, you schedule and send. So you just schedule your newsletter to go out. So I usually make the stupid email on Thursdays and on Friday mornings it's scheduled to go out at 7 a.m. So let me show you what I actually mean by each of these steps. So step one, I collect and create content. So if you wanna send out a weekly newsletter full of tips and tricks and cool stuff for your audience, you're gonna to have to constantly be on a lookout for stuff to send them. So I have tons of sources of information that I compile from. So I have my own personal swipe file of ideas on swipefile.com. I scroll social media quite a bit, you know, just like most people, and I'll take screenshots of stuff that I think is cool. Um, I create a lot of my own drawings or content for our company copywriting course anyway, so sometimes I'll use those. I also will sometimes show personal photos from my camera. So I take a lot of pictures on my iPhone and I'll just show one of those pictures sometimes. I watch a lot of YouTube and so sometimes I'll take little clips or sentences I learned or quotes or just showcase a cool YouTube video. Um, once again, browsing Instagram, I actually get a lot of inspiration that I find cool images and stuff on. I find cool things I read in books. I read Reddit, Dig, a lot of Twitter and also my own blog archives. So these are all the sources I'll peruse on the regular. And if I spot something interesting, I'll just jot it down in Apple Notes or take a screenshot. So for example, here are a bunch of raw screenshots and ideas that I had collected in my phone and notes over a week. As you can see, there's screenshots of a tweet, there's a random picture of an aura ring, there's an old ad, there's another old ad. I take a lot of uh, old vintage ads. I, here's a picture of a YouTube video I did. There's just a lot of random stuff over here that I thought could be cool. So out of all this raw information, I'll pick and choose which to put into the newsletter in the next step. Step number two, I compile the newsletter. So since I send out my stupid email on Friday mornings, my job for Thursday night is to fill out a template I have loaded up in ConvertKit that looks like this. So it just says swipe, which is a swipe from my archive, thought, a fun thought for something I discovered or found a thought that was interesting. I put something uplifting, I put something interesting, and I put a drawing. And the template is pretty simple. Now, for the most part, all I have to do is just fill in this little template. I know it's pretty easy to just make this template, it doesn't look that complex, but it really, really helps me make this faster if I have a laid out template first and I just fill it in. Now all I have to do is sift through my ideas, the social media screenshots and everything and fill in each section. So if I do a great job during the week searching and saving cool stuff, this process goes by extremely quick. I have very little effort I need to put into the email, um, but if I don't do a good job at this, it could take hours. So generally the stupid email takes me about 30 minutes 
And if it takes more time, it could take up to about two hours, I think is the longest I've ever spent on one. Now, some people don't use a lot of images in their newsletters, but I use a lot. Every stupid email probably has at least five images with up to about 30, about 15 to 20 is like actually our average. So my newsletters are very image heavy. And thankfully I use ConvertKit, which has extremely easy image editing and markup. I cannot stress this enough, how important this is for me. So let's say I have an old ad like this that I wanna share with my newsletter audience. So you can see the ad, okay, got it. But I can quickly highlight specific parts of the ad right from the ConvertKit editor, like drawing attention to a headline without ever leaving ConvertKit for a photo editing program. So I could just do callouts like this. So I could put a border around this headline and put a little callout. Now, I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but I've used pretty much every email sending service under the sun and you just don't get this simple functionality like that. There's a lot of like features that they have, but they don't have simple, stupid stuff like this, which is a, a real peeve of mine. So I'm very glad that ConvertKit uses this because a lot of times these vintage images that I get, sometimes are not sized correctly. And so right within the editor, I could just size them down, mark them up and bam, have something ready to go without loading things in Photoshop and moving things back and forth. So as a person who's including up to 20 images per email, I cannot tell you how much time this saves. And then finally, step number three, I schedule it for Friday. So I auto schedule my Friday stupid email for around 7 a.m. I tend to notice like the most open rates around that time, people are just getting up, checking their email. So when I finish the email on Thursday evening, I actually go into ConvertKit and schedule it for the next morning. So I am personally not a early riser. So while I'm fast asleep at 7 a.m. on Friday morning, uh, ConvertKit is sending this email out to 50,000 people. And here are some of the results from these emails. Uh, it goes around to 50,000 emails, get like 29 to 32% open rate, uh, up to 3,000 clicks per email. And we get about 60 to 80 unsubscribes per email. So that's just how it ends up working out. So a huge benefit of doing a weekly email is getting sponsorships and making sales of your own products. So I've actually accepted sponsorship money in exchange for a blurb about a company in the email. And I've even sold my products through there. So what this means is that a newsletter can technically be a whole business. In fact, I'm part of a company called The Hustle that sold to HubSpot and their CEO, Sam Parr, started a event company called HustleCon and it turned out their emails were getting the most amount of attention just to like promote HustleCon. So they started accepting sponsorships on the email and that turned in to a big company. And so email newsletters can be an actual large company. Now let's talk about the number one question we always get, growing the email list. Yes, we know how to make a newsletter. I'm sure you can figure that out. But before you can send out a newsletter, you have to have an audience. So the way I've built the stupid email newsletter is by attaching a ConvertKit email signup at the bottom of my blog post like this. So it says, get the stupid email in your inbox every Friday. I know it's very simple, it's not very clever, but it works quite well. So when someone enters their email address, it automatically signs them up for the weekly newsletter. I also have a page called copywritingcourse.com newsletter where people can sign up for my full email list. And the page just looks like this. It's a very simple page. It's got a little GIF and it's just an embedded ConvertKit signup form and it has a GIF on it and um, that's about it. So if you're thinking about creating your own newsletter, here's the quick breakdown of how a weekly newsletter is created every single week. Uh, step one, you collect and create and you just look for cool stuff all week. Step two, you compile the newsletter and you just put everything into ConvertKit or whatever service you're using. And then step three, you schedule it and send it. And uh, that's it. It's technically not that hard of a thing. The hard part is the consistency. So 
You can start a newsletter, but you really, really are gonna have to do two things. You're gonna have to consistently put out good content and you're gonna have to build an audience over time. So let me head over to Twitter and I'm gonna do a quick create a newsletter Q&A. So these are questions people had from Twitter and I'm gonna answer them and I hope you like these. So a lot of people have questions about how to make their own weekly newsletter and I'm gonna take some quick Q&A from Twitter and answer them right here. Bastion asks, say you have 10 ideas for your next weekly edition. How do you select which to include and how do you portion out the ones that didn't make this week over the next editions? Well, if I don't include something I post on Twitter in a newsletter, I'll make a mental note that I can reuse it later. And oftentimes, if I skip something I've posted, it's just because it's not that great. Some things are just meh and I keep them out of the newsletter. So if I put it in the newsletter, I'm kind of like, eh, it's not that good. I get my caveman voice going and I'm like, this stupid, get rid. And I just, I just chop it. She writes, asks, please include a sneak peek into the research process for the newsletter plus the content breakdown strategy. Okay, so basically I try to post Twitter throughout the week, right? If I'm posting on Twitter, I can post a lot of stuff and throughout the week, I could just use those tweets that I make to put in the newsletter. I also use Reddit, uh, Dig, Twitter, swipefile.com, our members area, and more as places to look for cool things, cool concepts. And also, if I see a cool billboard out on the street, I'll snap a pic. Or maybe I can interesting piece of mail. I'll snap a picture of it and make a little blurb out of it. The other day, I saw a cool hiring sign at the mall, and I took a picture of that. So that's where I get all the research ideas from throughout the week. I often will post some of them to Twitter, and then I'll post them ultimately to our stupid newsletter. Nick asks, how do you hold yourself accountable to doing your email every week? That's my biggest struggle. Smiley face. Hey, man, Nick. I understand you, man. It's a huge problem. Um, I usually mention to someone in my company to make sure I have the stupid email ready by Thursday evening. And that helps keep me accountable. I'm a very lazy person by nature and I have to trick myself into working and being productive all the time. So I set deadlines, I make reminders, I put in my Google Calendar. And honestly, there's been more than a few times I'll get a Slack message at 10 p.m. on Thursday night being like, hey, are you done with the stupid email? And I've realized I've totally forgot to write it. And so I'll stay up for the next 30 minutes or two hours and, uh, and have to do it. And it's just, it's just constant struggle to make sure I have all that stuff compiled and out the door. It's, every time it's struggle. Div asks, how do you grow your list when you're just starting out? What's the best way? So this is a whole other video, but I'll go over the quick breakdown. So this part will take some time and dedication if you wanna build up a newsletter. It's not just some like release it and make money type thing. So your first zero to 100 members, it'll probably be posting on your own social media to friends and family, and also any groups you're part of. Let's say you're part of some Facebook groups or Discord groups, maybe mentioning that, hey, I'm starting a newsletter. If you wanna get it, sign up. That's gonna be your first core group of members. From 100 members to about 1,000 members, this is going to be from consistently pushing out great emails, promoting to groups you're part of, promoting snippets out of the content on social media, being part of groups, being active in groups, right? Then the next 1,000 to 10,000 members, this is going to be posting on your website, having an email sign-up form, building a social following, maybe making a YouTube channel, things like that. So it'll be a constant struggle to grow it. This is the perennial question. Having a big audience is very valuable, and that's why it is so hard to get. And so if you're going to be serious about posting a newsletter for the next one to two years, this will probably be the way you go. And then maybe in another newsletter, we can talk about growing from 10,000 members to larger.
Rohit asks, why choose a weekly newsletter and not a biweekly or monthly newsletter? Well, good question, Rohit. See, weekly newsletters are the most popular and easy to understand. It's like, oh, every Friday I look for it, right? It's just like when Seinfeld used to come out every Tuesday or whatever day, right? You must have like some sort of schedule that people can look forward to. However, you also must be able to fill out a full newsletter every week. So I choose weekly because in a week, I generally find enough cool stuff on the internet or post enough on social media to fill an entire newsletter. Some weeks are harder than others for sure, but generally once a week, I can find around five cool things to send out, you know? So my weekly newsletter is my email cadence. If I could only find enough stuff to send out once a month, I would probably make it monthly. But I think a weekly newsletter for me is good. Morrow asks, I wonder, have you done any research on paid subscription-based newsletters? Are they still a thing? I guess that's kind of weird since it's also hard to prevent someone from forwarding that content. Anyways, just figured I'd ask you. So, Maro, yes, stuff like trends.co is a paid newsletter, but generally you must first have an audience to create a paid newsletter. A lot of people will think that they're just going to start a newsletter, start charging, but then they end up with like three people subscribing, one of them being their mom, one of them being their dad, right? So Substack is exactly this. You start charging for a newsletter almost right away if you choose to. And here's the thing. Many of the people who start a newsletter quit after about three months. That's just how it goes. They realize creating extremely good content consistently that people will pay for is very difficult. And sometimes it's better to initially start your newsletter on social or for free so you can get an audience first and then later say, why don't you pay for this, right? So a lot of the people on Substack or that have paid newsletters generally also already have a large following first and then they make a paid tier for it. Matthew asks, do you recommend starting through things like MailChimp or would you suggest someone going all in and hopefully getting enough to monetize a little? Well, Matthew, for any email service, it's fine to start off with anything, right? MailChimp, AWeber, ConvertKit, they all have their little quirks, but by far the easiest to use with the fewest quirks that I've personally found is ConvertKit. Um, I would start off small with a free trial on something like ConvertKit, then moving up the pricing scale if your newsletter takes off, right? Um, a, lot of the, so the, a lot of the ESPs that I've tried in the past, such as MailChimp, such as AWeber, such as Infusionsoft, such as Keep, I've really tried most of them. They all have quirks, but I will say ConvertKit is just the one that's just the most dead simple. It kind of reminds me of like Android versus iPhone. Sometimes iPhone can just make things very simple, right? You don't have to really think about it. It probably has less features than the others, but in honesty, you don't use all those features. So when I was with Infusionsoft for seven years, it had everything under the sun and all I used it for was to send out autoresponders and basic broadcast emails. I didn't use any of the other stuff they had to offer. So ConvertKit just does that. And that's why I've moved ConvertKit fully for all of my emails. So going into this question again, Jesse asks, what's your preferred ESP and why? If you could go back and do it all over, what's something that you would change? Were there any inflection points? Is it week by week or do you do batches? How long does it generally take you to make? So Jesse, great question. Uh, I'll go through these real quick. The number one is ConvertKit. I've been using every damn email service out there was on Infusionsoft for years and have never been happier with one than ConvertKit. It has the fewest amount of quirks and has the most amount of features that you actually use, right? So when some of the email services are like, we have 3,500 email templates, guess what? You only use one email template or sometimes no template at all. So what's the point of 3,500 email templates, right? So sometimes things that should be simple on mail services, like creating an autoresponder are just unnecessarily hard on some of the other services. ConvertKit just makes it dead simple and that's why I like it. I could just go through and click on it and edit. Like that's all I need. Why do I need to make a whole logic tree for an autoresponder? Anyways, 
I use ConvertKit for all that. Um, inflection points on my newsletter. Uh, yeah, so I already had an audience and then started the newsletter. And honestly, I just started it kind of as a lark. Like one day I was like, let me just send out a newsletter and see what I can put in there. And I kind of backed into this acronym, stupid, swipe, thought, uplifting, interesting, and drawing. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty stupid name. It's called stupid. And I was like, yeah, let's put it out as a joke. And it kind of took off. Like people actually started looking forward to it. And I realized like that regularity people really enjoyed. And they're like, oh, I look forward to your Friday email. So that's how it started. And the inflection point was from there. And then more started people, more people started joining, et cetera, et cetera. Shreya asks, I would like to know how much time you spend on planning, writing, and drawing for the newsletter. So Shreya, basically I screw around reading the internet, posting on social media and browsing my own interests all week. On the low end, I'll spend about 30 minutes. You know, like let's say everything's already loaded up. I have a ton of social media posts. And if I don't have a ton of social media posts uh, for a week, like I do right now, I don't have that many. I'll probably spend up to two hours creating the stupid email from start to finish. John is asking, how do I remove the feeling of feeling like I need a format to start? Um, John, good question. So here's what you do. You take your last 10 social media posts or blog posts, you dump them into an email or blog post and see if you can find a certain trend or common thread through them. So my interests happen to be old ads, marketing tactics, copywriting, funny copywriting. So that became the format for my emails. I mean, I already draw pictures all the time. So I put drawing in there because sometimes people like those. So yours is not going to be the exact same format as mine. So what I would do is start sending out a normal newsletter just without a format and then kind of back into a format. So it's called a backronym, like an acronym. So like stupid stands for swipe, thought, uplifting, interesting, and drawing. That's a backronym. I backed my way into a word. And so I'm sure you can do the same for yours. And I'm sure your hobbies aren't going to be exactly the same as mine. Maybe you're into MMA. Maybe you're into sewing. I don't know. But like you'll find a common thread through all the stuff that you post and that you like, and then you can make it into a format later. Uh, Topher asked a pretty good question. Uh, what are some of the systems you have in place now that have exponentially released the amount of time you need to invest in putting the newsletter together each week? Hey, great question, Topher. I'm all about this. So number one, having a template and a format helped big time. So the format is stupid, right? Swipe, thought, uplifting, interesting, and drawing. That's kind of what I was already putting out in the newsletter beforehand. So I just kind of made a backronym into that. And I can work backwards through the whole week to look out for content that fits this template. So I know that email is going to start off with a swipe. So I have to make sure I'm always looking for new swipes. Um, I know that it's going to start out with a thought. So if I see like a really cool thought on Twitter or I think of something on a plane, I'll write it down in my notes or take a screenshot of it and say like, okay, that's a, that's a thought I can use for next week. So um, the other thing I did was making a template. I know this sounds so stupid, but... In the, the template, it says swipe, thought, uplifting, interesting, and drawing, and they're H2 tags, like the, the format is larger and then smaller text. So we have a template that I just load up each week for that. And that way I don't have to do a lot of formatting work. So that probably saves about 10, 15 minutes of time when you know, you're trying to be creative. You don't wanna be just like H2 tag, regular paragraph tag, 18 point text, 12 point text. It's just like useless work that you could have a computer do. And so I have a template I do, and then I have a format that I back into. And that makes the stupid email so much easier to write. Uh, Matt Boyce asks, do you have any segmentation or personalization, or is it just one big newsletter to everyone? Also, I would love your tech stack. Great question, Matt. So it's one big newsletter. That's right. Unless you have 100,000 plus people on your list, you generally don't need to segment much. 
But if you start segmenting, you're now managing multiple lists. Instead of one email newsletter, you got two email newsletter. If you segment three lists, you got three. You're, you're making your work go up exponentially up. So a better method is to tag people as necessary. So segmentation is a very old word, I feel. That was way back in the day where ESPs and email service providers weren't that good. But now what you could do is tag all your members. So let's say you're only trying to send um, a promotion to people living in Oklahoma in the United States. Well, if you have tags, you can tag people by where they live and say, only send this to people in Oklahoma. Only send this to people in the United States. Only send this to people who are interested in a certain baby product, whatever. So I put tags on people rather than segmented lists. And honestly, I just send it to the whole damn list. It's just so much easier. Um, if you need to target specific people, just use tags, not a whole different list. And the tech stack I use, uh, ConvertKit. My name is Neville Medora, and if you want some help on your own newsletter, did you know we have a gigantic members area with like roughly a thousand members, and we constantly are just redoing people's emails, we're constantly redoing people's sales pages, and then just getting to know each other and making friends and writing and improving each other's writing. If you want in on this, join the copywriting course, and if you want in on the stupid email newsletter, just go to copywritingcourse.com newsletter and sign up, and you'll get it every Friday in your inbox. My name is Neville Medora, and I'll talk to you later.